And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, <laughs> listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, we'll hear part two of a Halloween episode of Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden from 1949. Then Anne Southern stars in a chilling tale well calculated to keep you in suspense from 1948. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Carl. You like these Halloween shows, huh? I do very much. Yeah, you like the scary stuff. Yeah, What are you going to give away to the kids this year when they come trick-or-treating at uh, the uh, Wolf Mansion? What do uh, you give away? Probably money, candy, just stacks like of money, else. Stacks of money and gold? Yeah, I have a lot of that, so yeah. I just leave it out the door. Right, just take say, whatever here, you want. Just take here. Here's my right, bank account. You should account. come by. Yeah, just give me you know, your bank account and all your numbers to your to your bank accounts, your safety deposit oh, box I don't have key. a bank account. I just keep it all in the mattress. You just have the vault. You have a giant vault like Jack Benny, I right? like the mattress. Personally, yeah. we just shove it right under there. All right. Yep. Well, I'm going to stop by then. You should. You're giving away the goodies like that. You should. All right. Last time we began listening to our Miss Brooks. Let's go back. To October 30th, 1949, for the conclusion to the Halloween party on Our Miss Brooks. Really, Osgood, I, I just don't know what you've got against that poor boy. Harriet's very fond of him. Then she should see a doctor, too. <laughs> Where is she, Martha? Well, she's in her room, dear, getting dressed. She said something about a party tonight. Parties. It's all kids nowadays think about. Well, there won't be any parties at Crystal Lake. There won't be any nightmares, either. Why, Martha, do you realize that while I was sitting in the doctor's office today, I saw a bulldog by his desk? A bulldog? It was the shadow of his umbrella stand. But I almost jumped out of my skin before he explained it. Things like that happen to people every day, Osgood. Not to me, they don't. At least they'd better not. How do you think the Board of Education would like it if they thought one of their principals went round seeing bulldogs? <laughs> Just don't mention it to anyone, darling. Now I'm going to get you a glass of warm milk, and you stay right comfy in your chair till I get back. You're very well. Yes. That thing looked like a bulldog. Martha's right, though. I'd better not mention it to a soul. Now, who in the world can that be? Coming! Good evening, Mr. Conklin. May I come in? There's no tactful way I can refuse you admission. <laughs> Come in, Miss Brooks. Have the others arrived yet? Others? What others? You'll see when they get here. Is Harriet at home? Yes, yes, she's putting on her party dress. Oh, then you know about it. It should do you a lot of good, Mr. Conklin. There's nothing like a house full of people to get your mind off yourself. A house full of... Uh, Miss Brooks, is this party to be given in this house? Of course. I see. 
Then if you'll excuse me, I'll just take my hat and coat and beat an orderly retreat. But, Mr. Conklin... My doctor has forbidden any excitement whatsoever. Your doctor? This is a fine time to tell me. I mean, I didn't know you were in such bad shape, Mr. Conklin. I am on the verge of a nervous collapse, Miss Brooks. I don't want to spoil everybody's fun. I'll just leave quietly. Leave? But, Mr. Conklin, where'll you go? What's the difference where I go? I'll just wander around the park like a homeless gypsy. You can't do that. You wouldn't look good in earrings. I mean, you're not a well man, Mr. Conklin. Look, Mrs. Davis is going to the movies tonight. Now, why don't you let me drive you over to our place until I can eliminate the horde of pests, uh, guests who are coming here? You'll love it over there, Mr. Conklin. You'll be able to relax completely. If it will stave off my breakdown, Miss Brooks, it's the least I can do for my family. Miss Brooks left right after dinner, Mr. Boynton. I guess she forgot to buy a few items for the party tonight. I'm sure she'll be right back. Fine. Swell. This way our surprise will work out even better. Surprise? Yes, ma'am. We thought we'd try out some of our Halloween tricks on Miss Brooks before we go over to Mr. Conklin's house. That's a wonderful idea. I hope I didn't scare you in my ghost outfit. No, I thought you were the laundry man. <laughs> How do you like my costume, Mrs. Davis? My, you've lost weight, haven't you? This this is a skeleton suit in honor of Halloween. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? And who's this cowboy with you? I'm Hopalong Cassidy, Mrs. Davis, but I'm really Stretch Snodgrass. <laughs> I'd never have known. Well, if you'll all go into the house, I'm sure Miss Brooks will be delighted to see you. I've got to get down to the theater now. Oh, what movie are you seeing tonight, Mrs. Davis? Jolson sings again, again. <laughs> again, again? I saw it last week also. <laughs> Have a nice time, children. <laughs> what should I do with this bucket of water we're ducking for apples in, Waller? Oh, just put it down by the piano, Stretch. Now, I'll tell you what we'll do. Before Miss Brooks comes back, let's all hide somewhere so we can really surprise her. Good idea, Walter. Now, why don't you get behind that couch, stretch you hide behind the kitchen door, and I'll get into the hall closet. Great. Then we'll all come out when I blow this whistle. Okay? Got you, Walter. Hey, look, out the window. Miss Brooks is coming up the walk, and she's got Mr. Conklin with her. Mr. Conklin? Oh, she probably wanted to get him out of the way while we were getting things ready at his place. So much the better. We'll surprise both of them at the same time. <laughs> now, first I'll put the lights out. Quick, let's get out of sight. Well, here we are, Mr. Conklin. I guess Mrs. Davis has left for the movies. The lights are all out. But it does seem quite deserted in here. I'll turn on this hall light so you can see to hang your things up in the closet. I'll turn some lights on in the living room while you put your hat and coat away. Thank you, Miss Brooks. <laughs> Miss Brooks! Miss Brooks! What is it, Mr. Conklin? What's the trouble? Your closet! In the hall! What do you keep in there? <laughs> Just my coat, Mr. Conklin. I see. I see. Tell me, Miss Brooks. Is it a long black coat with luminous bones? 
Luminous bones? Huh? Oh, no. Huh? Oh, please wait right here, Mr. Conklin. I'll investigate. Oh, it's me, Miss Brooks. You should have seen Mr. Conklin's face when... Get behind those other coats immediately, Mr. Boynton. But, Miss Brooks... I can't explain now, but don't you dare come out of there until you get a signal. Well, Miss Brooks, what did you see? See? (laughs) I didn't see anything, Mr. Conklin. It must have been your imagination. My imagination? (laughs) Then the doctor was right. I'd, I'd rather not talk about it, Miss Brooks. If I could just lie down somewhere. Oh, of course, Mr. Conklin. Just stretch out on this couch. I'll go get another cushion for you. All right. Uh, uh, that's better. I must be quite a sick man. If I weren't sick, I wouldn't be moaning like this. <laughs> On the other hand, it's better than trying... What am I saying? I'm not the one who's moaning. I've returned. I've come back. Who's that? Where are you? Look behind you. Behind the cow. Behind the cow. Ah, no! <laughs> Mr. Conklin, are you all right? What happened? Miss, Miss Brooks, how long have I been asleep? Asleep? Yeah. You just hit the couch, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Which reminds me, maybe you'd better see a good psychiatrist. This screaming of yours can lead to something dangerous. Just, just do me a favor, Miss Brooks. Look behind that couch. Certainly, sir, if it'll make you feel any better. But I assure you, there's absolutely nothing behind this couch. (laughs) I'm sorry if I startled you, Mr. Conklin, but my cat Minerva's back here. With a sheet? She was making her bed. Minerva, there's a good gurga boy, a girl. If you don't mind, Miss Brooks, I'd like to take a couple of pills my doctor prescribed. May I have some water, please? Certainly, sir. If you've got an extra pill or two, I'll be happy to join you. <laughs> Just sit right here, Miss Conklin. I'll go into the kitchen and get some water. No, on second thought, you'd better come with me. I don't want you to get nervous again. Yes, I, I think you're right, Miss Brooks. Doesn't do for me to be alone lately. Now, where's that light switch? Well, dog might catch if it ain't roundup time. (laughs) What was that? Brooks, do you mean to tell me I've actually taken leave of my senses? Oh, it isn't a real leave, Mr. Conklin. You're just on a weekend pass. Oh, lots of people get temporary hallucinations. 
Maybe we'd better go back to your house. Yes, yes, at a time like this, I suppose I should be near my loved one. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Mr. Conklin! Look, it's me! Denton! When did you... How did you... What's this? It's just my coat coming over. Get back to the closet. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Conklin. I'm a skeleton, see? Look at me, Mr. Conklin. I'm hop along Cassidy, and I'll plug the first hombre that makes a move. Snodgrass? I... Oh, stop that! <laughs> no, I must be calm. I must control myself. What's wrong, Mr. Conklin? You don't seem to be enjoying yourself. Yeah, you act all jumpy and funny. Gosh, Miss Brooks went to a lot of trouble to get this thing organized. Walter, please. Oh, Miss Brooks organized it, did she? Sure, she planned the whole thing. She deserves every bit of credit. Well, she's certainly going to get it. Miss Brooks, I want to... Miss Brooks, Miss Brooks, get your head out of that bucket. This is no time to be ducking for apples. Who's ducking for apples? I'm trying to drown myself. Conklin was so glad to find out that the things he thought had been happening to him had been happening to him that he excused us all and hurried home. Shortly afterwards, I excused Walter and Stretch, which left just Mr. Boynton, the parlor sofa, and me. Well, here we are, Miss Brooks. You know, with that lamplight shining on your hair, you're, you're absolutely, well... Yes, Mr. Boynton? Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo, folks! What's that? Look, at the window, it's Mrs. Davis with a pumpkin head. Just what I needed. Happy Halloween, Connie. Trick or treat. I've got a trick, Mrs. Davis. Here's 60 cents. Treat yourself to Jolson Sings again, again, again. <laughs> Next week, we'll into another Honest Book Show brought to you by Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Be sure to listen to Mr. and Mrs. North Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at this same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Our Miss Brooks from October 30th, 1949 with a Halloween party starring Eve Arden and all the gang sponsored by Colgate and Luster Cream as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's suspense. Don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. To my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf. To my left, the very talented Mike Costella. And it's time now for a terrific tale of suspense. Let's go back to August 12, 1948, for Beware the Quiet Man, starring Anne Southern. Let's enjoy this. Here's part one of Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Anne Southern in Anton Leder's production of Beware the Quiet Man. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. 
Bourbon and soda with a twist of lemon. Okay, coming right up. Say, your name Margie? Yeah. How'd you know? You generally come in here with a heavy set guy, black wavy hair, wears a dye big diamond? Yeah. Yeah, he was in a while ago. Said to tell you he'd be late, but for you to be sure and wait for him. But I can't wait. I gotta get home to my... I gotta get home. How late do you say he'd be? Oh, about an hour. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay, give me some nickels. Yeah. Here you are. Thanks. Hello? Mr. Banning, please. Yeah, Mr. Arthur Banning. Arthur? Margie. Uh, I'm going to be late for supper. Yeah, I, I ran into a girl I used to know at Lincoln High. She wants me to have a drink with her. Yeah. And say, will you pick up some hamburger on the way home and start the potatoes? I'll be there as quick as I can. Bye. Uh, here's your drink. Well, here's mud in your eye. Um, uh, there's a young fella down here in the bar wants to buy you one. No, thanks. Well, it looks like a nice guy. That tall blonde fellow over by the mirror? None other. And you got a whole lot to kill. Is he... He isn't drunk, is he? Nah, he's had a few, but he always carries the good. I might help pass the time. Say, what's it to you anyway? Five bucks. You say, I'd sure appreciate it. He offers you five bucks to get me to have a drink with him? Yeah. <laughs> he is kind of good looking. Well, okay. Sure, what the heck, I'll have a drink with him. Okay, so you're married. Nothing wrong with having a drink together, so what? I figure what your old man don't know won't hurt him. I said I'd have a drink with you. If you've got any other ideas, I'll buy my own. Oh, now, don't get me wrong, honey. I spotted you as a good kid the minute you ankled in here. You just like excitement, that's all. And I'm the guy that can dish it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, I'm a private eye. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like you hear about on the radio. Gee, what a break for me. You just stick around me, honey, and you'll get plenty of excitement. Yeah, I'll bet. You know, you take this new client of mine now. Bet you anything he makes the headlines tomorrow. <laughs> Ten to one, he'll murder his wife. Oh, yeah, sure. He hired me to find out if his wife's been stepping out. I felt kind of sorry for the guy. Probably doesn't have the money to take her out himself. He's a bank teller at Second National. Bank teller? Bank teller? My... What's his name? Uh-uh, honey, no, no, that, that stuff's confidential. Matter of fact, I, I'm not supposed to talk about cases at all. Oh, go on. I won't tell anybody. Well, no, you don't look like the kind of babe that blabs everything she knows. How about that drink, huh? Sure. Hey, Charlie, two over here, huh? In the works. You know, he, he sort of gave me the creeps, this guy. He sat there eating his lunch, calm as you please, and all the time figuring how to kill his wife. How'd you know what he was figuring? Well, for one thing, he didn't want evidence for a divorce. He sort of looked at me funny and said, I just want to know, that's all. If Margie is stepping out, I'll take care of it my own way. Margie? Yeah, yeah, that's his wife's name, Margie. Uh, hey, what's the matter? Uh, nothing. No, nothing at all. Hey, you don't look so good. Maybe you drank the last one too fast. No, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just naturally pale, that's all. Y you were saying about this client... You figure he's going to murder his wife? Oh, sure, sure. It's in the back. Either that or suicide. Suicide? But he's more the type for murder. 
Oh, one of those big, brutal guys. Sort of, sort of mean-looking, huh? No, <laughs> quiet, mousy. Kind doesn't have much to say. Those are the guys you got to watch. But why? Because they never let you know what they're really thinking. Not until it's too late. They don't? You know, most guys, when they find their wives, step in will raise cane. Maybe they'll even get a divorce, but they don't get sore enough to murder. <laughs> yeah. But these quiet fellas, you know, they put the little woman on a pedestal. You wouldn't catch them out with other women, not in a million years. And when they discover their one and only has been kicking up her heels, oh, brother, watch out. Golly. And the worst of it is they go on acting like nothing's wrong, you see. And then all of a sudden, whango, they explode. They explode? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I always say, beware the quiet man. Like this new client of mine, for example, calm. You never met anybody calmer, but I'll What does bet... he look like? Oh, uh, well, he's just about average, I guess. Brown hair, getting sort of thin on the top, a little bit stoop-shouldered. Medium height? Wear glasses? Yeah, yeah, you know him? No, no, I, I don't know any of the boys. Excuse me. Hey, where are you going? i got to make a phone call, just remember something. Don't go away, I'll be right back. That's the first portion of Suspense. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Suspense. Ralph? Margie? I can't see you this afternoon. No, I'm not sorry about you being late. But whatever you do, don't come into Charlie's place. Yeah, that's where I am now. You bet there's something wrong. There's plenty wrong. Either this guy I'm talking to is crazy, or else Arthur's planning to murder me. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Anne Southern in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. I stood there in the phone booth a minute after I hung up. I wasn't scared exactly, but I had to let those words sink in. Either this guy I'm talking to is crazy, or else Arthur's planning to murder me. I went back to the bar. I had to find out. Oh, beautiful. I thought you got along. Sit down, sit down. Mm. Thanks. Now, about this fella, the one who's going to murder his wife. Oh, let's can the shop talk. I want to hear about you. I don't even know your name. Did he say what made him think she was stepping out? Ah, she's supposed to belong to some bridge club. The bank teller's wife's got up. But uh, friends of his saw her downtown a couple of times on our bridge days. Is that all? You know, honey, you're pretty smart. You, you make like you're really interested in a guy's work. Oh, but I am. You know, I had a little doll once I thought plenty of. W- Would have married her, maybe, but only every time I, I started talking about a case, she shut me up. Never mind about your little dolls. What about this guy? <laughs> hey, you're jealous. Well, what do you know? I'm not jealous. I only want to know. It's okay, honey. It's okay. Sure, a cute little doll like you doesn't want to hear a guy spotting off about another dame. Yeah, maybe I had a few too many. I just want to hear about this bank teller. Have you met his wife, maybe? No, but he showed me a picture of her. Oh, then you know what she looks like. Oh. Hey, what's the funny? Never mind, the joke's on me. Hey, maybe you better not have many more to drink. You're acting kind of screwy. Oh, I feel wonderful. Well, here's to you. 
A long life. Yeah. A long, long life. Yeah. Down a hatch. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Poor little Margie. You know, you showed me a snapshot of her in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, was she stacked. As a matter of fact, uh, about your height and the uh, build, they're blonde like you, too. Was she as pretty as I am? I, I couldn't see her face. It's kind of blurred. He, oh. He's bringing me a better picture of her tomorrow. Oh, I think I'd like another drink. You know, honey, you better start taking vitamins or something. You're pale as a sheep. I said I wanted another drink. Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, t- Charlie, two more the same, huh? Okay. Yeah, poor little Margie. You know, that's one thing I can never figure out. The cute little dolls with flirtatious eyes always pick some homely, quiet gink when it comes to settling down. And the handsome he-man who has to beat off the dames with a club, what does he do? He marries a drab little pigeon. Yeah, that's why we get so many axe murders, I guess. Axe murders? Only in this case, he'll use a gun. But he doesn't have a... I mean, most bank clerks don't own guns. Oh, well, this one does. Now. Uh, Give me a light, will you? Yeah, sure. There you are. Hey, maybe if you lay off a booze, honey, and take a tonic or something, you'll feel better. Look at your hands. They're trembling. How do you know he has a gun? Oh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Why'd you tell me? Tell you what? You got a squeamish stomach. All this talk about guns and shooting. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. I won't say one more word about it, I promise. I'm not squeamish, and I don't need vitamins. I want to know how you know this bank teller guy has a gun. I saw him going to a pawn shop and buy one. You know, honey, I I could really go for you. It's a funny thing. We never even introduced ourselves. That's something we got to do. My name's Cluson. Lem Cluson. What's yours? You mean that man bought a gun and now he's home waiting to murder his wife in cold blood? Oh, no, no. He won't do anything until he gets my report. Oh. You see, tomorrow I check with her friends to see if she's been going to bridge club like she's supposed to. Yeah. And I meet my client for lunch and get a picture of Margie. Mm. And I take it around to the downtown bars to find out if she's been seen with anybody. And then I give my client the report when he gets off work. Yeah. And then? And if his suspicions are right, and they usually are, it's all over but the shooting. The shooting? Yeah. Bang, bang, honey. That's all. Bang, bang. <sighs> Say, uh, what'd you say your name was? I've got to get home. Hello, dear. Hello, Arthur. I was beginning to worry about you. Well, uh, I really couldn't help being late for dinner. I wanted to leave, but Maybell, that's her name. You know, the girl I used to go to school with, she kept talking yatta to yatta, and I just couldn't walk out on her in the middle of a sentence. That's all right. I didn't mind. Say, the potatoes are already like you told me. Shall I... uh... No, no, I'll hurry dinner. You just sit down and read the paper. Well, well, thank you, dear. You all right? You you look a little flushed. Oh, I'm I'm fine. I was just rushing, that's all. Uh, It'll be ready in a minute. Did you have a hard day, darling? Oh, usual. People are taking out more money these days than they're putting in. Yeah, prices are awful, aren't they? Hmm. Nothing unusual? I mean, nothing happened today? Oh, a a funny thing. Man came rushing in this morning, first thing the doors were opened. Wanted to withdraw all the money from their joint account before his wife beat him to it. Seems she was leaving him for another man. Oh, how awful. Oh, yeah. While he was there, she appeared. You should have heard her carry on. She was a real shrew. What happened? Oh, nothing. He didn't say a word. He he was a gentleman. But I'll bet if he'd had a gun, he'd have killed her. (gasps) Oh, well, 
<clears throat> Seems things like that happen all the time. Newspapers full of it. Are you mad at me, Arthur? Hmm? Are you mad at me? Am I mad at you? Why, no. Should I be? Arthur, darling, I've, I've got something to confess. Well, fire away. I didn't go to bridge club last week. No? I thought you'd die before you gave up bridge. <gasps> oh. Really, honey, you look awfully seedy. No, I'm fine. I, I feel fine. I, I had sort of a quarrel with Lorraine. I, I, I didn't want to tell you because you're always talking about how women can't get along with each other. Instead of going to bridge club, I went shopping. Instead. Well, fine. Only I hope you didn't go over the budget. Oh, no. That's good. I always said bridge was a waste of time. Then you're not angry about anything? Why, no. Why should I be? Oh, Arthur. What's the matter now? I don't deserve a swell husband like you. <laughs> oh, I'm not so hot. Oh, you always do the dinner dishes and bring me my breakfast in bed on Sunday mornings. The only morning you have to sleep. Arthur, I'd feel terrible if anything ever happened to us. Well, what's going to happen? Suppose someday you got real mad and exploded. Exploded? Yeah. What if, it, what if you got a gun and shot me dead? Oh, for heaven's sakes, Margie. Where do you get those crazy ideas? You mean, no matter how mad you got, no matter what I did to make you mad, you wouldn't shoot me dead? Now, Margie, you know I'd rather die than hurt one hair on your head. Oh, Arthur, not suicide. Say, how many drinks did you and Maybell have? Arthur, I want you to know I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better wife from now on. I'll stay home all the time and darn your socks. You? <laughs> Darning socks. You just wait and see. I'll get up every morning and, and make your breakfast. Oh, Margie, you know you won't do any of those things. I will, too. The nonsense. Women like you never change. I will, too. I'll change right away. Tomorrow. Besides, I don't want you to. Oh, come here, baby. I want you to stay just exactly the way you are right now. Just exactly, Arthur? I love you very much. Just the way you are. Oh, Arthur. <sighs> Hey, that reminds me, I made an appointment for you tomorrow at ten. You're having your picture taken. My picture? I showed a fellow that old snapshot of you today. The one we took at the beach? Oh. It was so dog-eared he couldn't see what you looked like, and I realized we didn't have a single decent picture of you at all, so but, I... But why have it taken tomorrow? Well, the studio next to the bank is having a special advertising the new 60-minute service. 60-minute service? Yeah. That way I can pick up the finished picture before I go to lunch. I don't want my picture taken. Well, now you're being silly. I won't. I won't do it. Oh, honey, what's the matter? Don't touch me. I won't have my picture taken. I won't. Good night. Sort of gave me the creeps, this guy. Sat there eating his lunch, calm as you please, and all the time figuring how to kill his wife. <laughs> Quiet, mousy. That's the kind you gotta watch. Never let you know what they're really thinking. And all of a sudden, wango, they explode. Bang, bang, honey. That's all. Bang, bang. Oh, no. There must be some mistake. Arthur wouldn't hurt me. He wouldn't. I won't think about it. I'll take a sleeping powder and go to bed. The gun. He did buy a gun. It's all true. Every word of it's true. I told you never to call me here. No, no, it isn't all right. Arthur bought a gun home last night. Yes, a gun. Claimed he was keeping it for a friend. That's all he'd say. Yeah, I, I think so. Just a minute, I'll look. Ralph, 
The gun's gone. He must have taken it to work. Oh, but don't you see? As soon as he finds out for sure, he'll kill... No, 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 no! I never want to hear from you again! I've got to think. I've got to think. Oh, not the doorbell. Oh, Lorraine. Well, who'd you expect, darling? Frankenstein? Aren't you going to invite me in? Well, I, I was just going out. Oh, don't be silly. You're not dressed. I'm in a hurry, Lorraine. Well, I, so am I. I'm late at the beauty shop now. But I was driving past anyway, so I thought I'd drop in and give you the latest on the girls at the bridge club. Well, some other day. I've, I've Honestly, been... Margie, this is choice. You know what I heard about Mrs. Dentler? You know, she's the wife of Ben Dentler, the new teller at the bank. The one from Chicago. Lorraine, if you don't mind. Oh, that's right. You haven't met her. Of course, you haven't been around lately. Well, she's kind of a pretty little thing in a plucked eyebrow sort of way. But, but if... You should hear what her husband told my husband. Lorraine, I... Of course, I promised Dad I wouldn't breathe a word. For crying out loud, Lorraine. Well, what brought that on? I haven't time to stand and gossip. What's wrong with you today, anyway? You're as nervous as a cat. All right, perfectly all right. But here it is, 10.30. 10.30? Good heavens, I'm a half hour late. Well, goodbye. I've got to run. Oh, darling. Be sure and read the Gazette tomorrow. They're running a story about our bridge benefit. Okay, goodbye. Pictures and everything. They didn't have time to take a new picture, but I gave them when we took the Valentine party. The one I was in? They're publishing it? Why, sure. I don't want my picture in the paper. But yours was the only flattering one in the group. The reporter picked you out right away. He seemed quite smitten. He? Oh, yes, yes. He asked all about you. Of course, I told him that you didn't come to meetings very often. The Gazette doesn't use men reporters for society? Well, they do now, dear. He didn't sound much like a reporter, though. He kept calling me, honey. Tall, blonde, fast talker? Why, yes. And you gave him my picture? Well, of course. What was his name? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, yeah. Funny name. Hmm? I think it was Clusen. Lem Clusen. <laughs> But, Charlie, it's a matter of life and death. I've got to get all of them before noon. Well, like I said, he ain't been in. You sure he never told you where he works? No, he's gumshoe for some private detective office. Oh, give me some nickels, lots of nickels. i got some telephoning to do. Acme Detective Agency. Do you have a man named Clusen working for you? Lem Clusen? No? Thanks. Brandon Agency? I want Mr. Clusen, Lem Clusen. Oh. Yeah, I guess I have the wrong number. Detectives, I'm looking for a man named Lem Clusen. No, I don't want to hire you to find him. But you're the last one in the book. He's got... Okay, sorry. No luck? No. I just remembered. Lem said the guy he worked for just opened up in town. Probably ain't in the phone book yet. Go on, kid, get out of here. Frank, tell a suicide. Extreme read Ah, that fresh kid, just because I won't let him in here peddling his papers, he yells in the door. Did he say bank suicide? He yells in here every darn day. Oh. Hey, wait, wait. Hey, you didn't finish oh. your drink, hey? Hey, Newsy. Newsy. Oh, I told hey, him. Boy. Hey, boy. Hey, newspaper. Boy. Give me a book, boy. Read all about it. Bank suicide. Hey, you, boy. Paper lady? Did you say suicide? Right in the second national bank. You want a paper? Yeah. Here. Guy's wife steps out with another joke. So the poor dope says goodbye, Marge, and pulls the trigger. Here you are, lady. Frank suicide. Read all about it. Well, well, if it isn't Margie. Get away from me, Lem Clusen. Heard you were looking for me. Here I am. Boy, have I got a lot to tell you. Let me alone. I want to read. Oh, that write-up's no good. Here, give it here. Uh, 
There, that's better. Now, come on into Charlie's and I'll give you the inside. Give me back my paper, you, you murderer. Murderer? Hey, wait a minute. Oh, I get it. You figure he bumped himself off on account of my report. <laughs> That's a screwy part. He didn't even wait for the report. I got it right here in my pocket. Take your hand off my arm. Oh, look, honey. Now, come on. You're coming into Charlie's if I have to drag you. Why don't you leave me alone? Uh, I figured you'd be sore. Might spouting off the way I did in Charlie's yesterday. But how did I know who you were? Oh, here we are. Hey, Charlie, yeah. two bourbon highs double. I don't want a drink. Should have seen my face this morning when that screwy friend of yours gave me the picture of your bridge club. Oh, never mind. And there you were, as real as life and just as cute. I says to myself, why, you dumb ox, you got that little doll worried sick. And then when I read in the paper about my client giving your husband the gun to keep for fear he'll use it on himself, I think, holy cow. What did you say? And then I think, I bet she figures I planned the whole thing just to scare her. What do you mean? Oh, now, don't try to kid me, Margie. You know you figured that client of mine was your husband. That he was going to bump you off? You mean he wasn't? No, no. Your name's Banning, isn't it? Yeah. Well, my client's name was Dentler, Benjamin Dentler. <laughs> Funny thing, his wife being named Margie, too. Yeah, I never thought he'd do it anyway. Oh, I think I'd like that drink after all. Well, here's to us, honey. So that's the gossip Lorraine was trying to tell me. Dentler, the teller from Chicago. You know, I've been thinking a lot about you. And Arthur you? really was keeping the gun for a friend of his. Hey, I'll tell you what, honey. I know a quiet little spot across town where we can eat, dance, anything we want. He might have told me about Dentler. It's a cute little place, baby. They got a knocked-out band and what a floor show. I wonder why Arthur wouldn't talk to me about it. Well, what do you say? Say? To what? Well, you and me, honey. Our date. Oh. <laughs> You're asking me to step out with you? <laughs> well... Why not? How about my husband? Oh, that mousy little guy. We got nothing to worry about from him. But I thought you always said, beware the quiet man. You never know what they're really thinking. But this is... No, but. If you'll pardon me, Mr. Lem Clusen, I'm going home and start his supper. Thank you, Ann Southern, for a splendid performance. I've enjoyed this appearance on Suspense very much. And as a regular Suspense listener, I'm looking forward to next week when Martha Scott stars in Crisis, a powerful study in... Suspense. Southern appears by courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios, producers of Julia Misbehaves, starring Walter Pigeon and Greer Garson. Tonight's suspense play was written by Toby Hall, with music composed by Lucian Morawick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leder. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Martha Scott in Crisis. Good night. Switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Suspense from August 12, 1948, with Beware the Quiet Man, starring Ann Southern. Also in the cast, William Conrad, with Paul Fries and Harlow Wilcox announcing, sponsored by Autolite. It's heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Stick around. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. 
Victoria and Abdul, rated PG-13. It's historical fiction based on the book of the same name. In 1887, a young Indian clerk named Abdul Karim, played by Ali Fazal, becomes an unlikely friend to Queen Victoria, who's played by Judi Dench. He becomes her teacher, her spiritual advisor, and her devoted friend. Let's take a listen. What can we be talking about? What is a mango? The queen of fruit. I would like a mango. Then you grow in India. Well, I'm empress of India, so I have one cent. No one really knows what it's like to be queen. Mother. You're spying on me. Everyone I've loved to die, and I just go on. As their friendship deepens, the queen begins to see the world through new eyes, and she joyfully reclaims her compassion. Here's another clip. I am Queen of England, Empress of India. Abdul has risen on his own merits. Now he is my friend. I haven't been as happy as this for years. The bottom line: I'm in. Three stars out of four. Judy Dench is fabulous as Queen Victoria. She's the reason to see the film. It's funny, entertaining, all sprinkled with bits of history throughout. I thoroughly enjoyed the natural chemistry between the Queen and Abdul. It's always ambitious for characters to age in a film, and you'll see excellent examples here. The director is Stephen Frears. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material, so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio. Shows we've set up a website just for you at classicradiostore.com, so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to classicradiostore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to classicradiostore.com and start collecting all your favorites in brilliant sound quality. That's classicradiostore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's Richard Diamond, private detective, my favorite husband, the man called X, frontier gentleman, the Fred Allen Show, and the Shadow. That's next time, right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.